Welcome to Chili's. What is he, what does he say in that vine? You know the vine I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, is it, it is hi, welcome it's to Chili's. It's hi, welcome to Chili's, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hi, welcome to Chili's. <laughs> I've started I've gotten to a point where like every now and then I'll just say that to people <laughs> like as I enter a room. <laughs> vine is gone before its time. I I'm ashamed. Okay, I'm ashamed to admit this because this is the most like millennial ass thing that I'll ever say. But I've started speaking in vines now, like just vine references. Y- y- yeah, exactly. So like, um, if I uh, need to put on deodorant, sometimes like if Lauren's around, I'll be like, I smell like beef. <laughs> I smell like beef. Or if we see a flock of birds, I'll gesture at them and go, look, look at, at all, all these chickens. chickens. <laughs> or um, if I'm having a hard day and I want to, like, remind myself that I'm still, like, you know, worthy of, of love and, and, and that I'm beautiful. I say, <laughs> even though I look like a burnt chicken nugget, I still love myself. <laughs> um, well, you know what the best part one. of Mexican food is? Hmm. The free shavacadu. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Rest in peace, fine. Rest in peace. I'm recording, by the way. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> uh, should we talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, how should we start this episode? Your move! It's time to put 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 podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. Tut tut, Jimmy. What ho? Oh, you're, that's right. Oh, quite. Or, or should Indeed, I say, indubitably. or should I say, good eye, mate. Good yeah, good eye, Jimmy from <laughs> Down Under. You're not going down under. I'm the one going you're down going, under. I'm going across the pond, and you're going down under. Yeah, in literal over two days, you're going to Britain, and uh-huh. I'm going to the complete opposite side of the planet, right. Australia. We are both going approximately. Eight time zones away from our current location yeah, I in was opposite directions. Doing the math. And um, yeah, because Australia is roughly, well, it's in the future, but it's easier to do math if you just think it's seven hours behind. So they're seven hours behind. You're going to be eight hours ahead. Wait, wait. No, go back. Go back. It's in the future, but it's behind? Yes, because the math is easier. So. Okay, Instead but, of okay. adding... No, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't make it easier for me. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. Australia so, is... So it's GMT... 16 hours ahead of us? Is it GMT plus 16 or is it GMT plus 8? Uh, I don't remember, I don't, but... I don't understand GMT. Well, tomorrow okay. and it's 7.45 a.m. when we're recording this now. In Durham, it's 10.45 p.m. Here it's two forty-five p.m. Oh, I see. Okay, so so for math purposes, what you're saying is, is you subtract seven hours from Pacific Standard Time. Yes, but then you say, but tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. That's what I do to make <laughs> okay. things easier. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay, and then see, I I'm lucking out because England is just GMT zero. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna be on the real time. The the pure time. Right. Time prime. Her Majesty's time. <laughs> Uh, Her Majesty's Secret Time, and then you're going to be uh, in a place where it's still summer, I guess, or is it like it is, spring there? It is spring, yeah. It's just 
passing winter, getting into spring. So hopefully it won't be too rainy uh, on my cousin's wedding. Yeah, that'd be, um, that'd be bad. Let me pull up the Australia for Narbathong, Victoria, Australia. Gesundheit. Uh, right now it is ooh, 43 degrees. And that's that's Fahrenheit. That's Fahrenheit. Okay. That's, because that's... I'm not going to learn an entire <laughs> separate method of temperature just for like a week. I will say I have... Country. I've really enjoyed getting used to Celsius personally because it makes it really easy to brag to my American friends being like, yo, dog, it's 30. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so cold. I'm like, nah, it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah. It looks like it's going to be pretty nice there for the next week, which is good. It's going to be like highs of 70. Good. That's lows awesome. Lows of 46. That's awesome. Well, I, I hope your cousin's wedding goes really well. I do too. And I hope your move goes very well. <laughs> yeah, since, me too. Since you're not going straight there, you're going to have to bounce through several European countries with this good boy, Dr. Sergeant Pepper in tow. Yeah, Pepper's got a fat stack of paperwork now, uh, but he is he is finally 100% certified and ready to fly. Um, he, he's listed as my emotional support animal. Uh, I think really, it's... you're his emotional support animal. <laughs> I think that's more correct. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it should be good. It should be good. So anyway, uh, if you're listening to this uh, on the day it comes out, uh, Jimmy and I are both in different countries, and uh, and it feels it feels like we're just in the same room. Yeah, this is our because we are our last official episode in the same room. <laughs> I'll get over it. Uh, (laughs) um, so, uh, what we're going to do is today, uh, Jimmy and I have sat down to record, uh, hopefully at least a couple episodes. We'll see how many we can record. Yeah. We're going to do this. And then I think some bonus episodes for the awkward transition period. And then, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll be back at our regular schedule more or less. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, we got to figure out how to do this via the internet. (laughs) I need a microphone and some stuff. We'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so we're going to try and keep these episodes fairly short just so that we have enough time to to record all of them. Uh, Jimmy, as we begin every episode, uh, we recommend something to our viewers that they can do rather than watching an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! This week, of course, I forgot to mention it earlier, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 28, The Night Before Christmas. (laughs) Jimmy, what is uh, your recommendation for uh, something our listeners can do other than watching Season 1, Episode 28, The Night Before? Uh, Instead of watching this actually very good episode, episode. I recommend that you spend 20 minutes backing up your shit in more than one location. Yo. Uh, I I think I mentioned this, but a couple weeks ago, uh, I was getting in a boat, and I had my phone in my back pocket, and it fell out into the lake, (laughs) and kerplunk, and it was down there for like... Two hours. I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have left. <laughs> no, it was. I had it coming for. I can, yeah, <laughs> I, I just I picture that scene, and it's like something out of a, It's like a scene from The Office. Just whoop do doop do do. Yeah. Sploosh. But uh, once I fished it out, I realized a I didn't have a phone. Mm-hmm. B I couldn't contact my roommates to get me from the home from the airport. Oh no. C I couldn't text anyone. Yeah, you didn't text me until way after the fact. I had to like, like, hey, guess what? Yeah, I had to, like, before I, like, stopped by the T-Mobile store on the way to the airport and got a flip phone, uh, I had to go on Facebook, which was the only login information (laughs) that I could remember at the time, and message my roommate to tell my other roommate to, um, 
pick me up at the airport. Jeez. So it was a real mess. So my recommendation is for you to go uh, back up your contacts, uh, hope, hopefully somewhere online so you can access them. Um, I backed mine all up in Google. If you have a Google account, you can put them all in there. Um, and it'll also store your passwords if you log in with Chrome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Cool. Yeah, that's my recommendation. That's a, that's a great recommendation. Very important. Can yeah. save your bacon. <laughs> yeah. Back up your bacon. Back up your bacon, folks. Come on. What's your recommendation for this week? Uh, my recommendation is sort of a backup in a way. It's it's sort of a backup for the soul. Um, my recommendation this week is to find a beverage that gives you joy. Uh, and this this will be a different thing for different people and different things, probably even seasonally. But I really want to encourage you to go out and think of if I were drinking a nice hot cup or a nice cold cup of fill in the blank. It would make me very happy. And go and consume that thing. Pause this podcast. Go and find it. Once you've found it, resume this podcast while drinking said beverage. For me, it's a variety of things. Uh, in, in this season, I like a, a nice smooth whiskey. Uh, a, friends of mine bought me a bottle of Oban 14-year recently and then helped me drink it over the course of a bonfire. Uh, and that's my favorite whiskey. It went down very smooth folks listen if you listen to podcasts while driving do not take his advice right now well no no no. and that's so that's the thing is it's it's going to change per person and 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 per uh uh situation right say you know we're coming into winter now uh winter time my favorite drink is a hot chocolate with uh with a nice little candy cane in it a little peppermint candy cane and that just makes me so happy i'll see your candy cane and raise you a hot chocolate with some peppermint schnapps there we go. There we go. Absolutely. Uh, I have uh, a lot of sober friends here in Portland or, or straight edge friends, uh, which I, I forgot that like straight edge was a thing after I grew out of my punk phase. Um, but they uh, have all recommended a bunch of delicious, like, uh, you know, non-alcoholic almost cocktails. It's a lot of like tea blends uh, that get really interesting. Um, so go explore tea blends if that's your thing uh, or smoothies. I've gotten Ooh. very into, hear me out, vegetables in smoothies. Like just vegetables or? Sometimes. Hmm. Like, like you know, next time you're making a smoothie, you think like, what if I threw some carrots in here? It, uh, it ain't bad. It yeah. ain't bad. Or a zucchini. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I don't want to get into too much detail because the recipes elude me, but Find uh, a beverage that makes you happy and uh, and drink it because I want you, the listener, to be happy. A beverage that makes me happy is just go to a like a Mexican or South American import store. Find some Inca Cola from Peru. It's delicious. Ooh, yes. Can vouch for that. Absolutely. I think you were the one that introduced me to Inca Cola. Probably. Uh, in college, yeah. Um, yeah. So there we go. All right. Uh, we've got uh, a... Actually, very good episode this week. Yeah. This is, uh, once again, this is season one, episode 28, The Night Before. Uh, and Jimmy, are you ready to talk about it? I'm ready to talk about it. This is a, a great episode. It's time to discuss the episode. Uh, I believe it's my turn to do the uh, the recap here. Yep. Right? Because I did even episode. the yep. one last time. I, I keep telling myself every time I edit these, I'm like, man, I should really remember, like, okay, I do the evens, Jimmy does the odds. 
This is an even number episode, so I do the recap. Uh, the night before. Which is really unfortunate because this is one of those plot-heavy episodes <laughs> that I so dearly this love. the one that you want. And it's sandwiched in between two dual-centric episodes. <laughs> I'm looking at them right now in the in the lineup. Yeah, we're, we're going to get pretty dual-heavy oh, here because the night before starts uh, the night before, as, as it says on the tin. It's the night before the semifinals begin. The semifinals that uh, I think both of us forgot about uh, up until the last episode when Pegasus reminded us, oh yeah, there's a semifinal round uh, to this whole Duelist Kingdom tournament. Uh, we begin on a shot of a dining hall where all the duelists are eating uh, and a picture, two pictures actually, of people who we have not met yet. And they're these nice oil paintings on the wall. Like you might expect in a, like an old castle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's two pictures uh, that are shown. And, and one is a portrait of a, uh, I guess like a young, uh, obviously Egyptian man. Uh, he's wearing a turban. Um, I knew his name at one point but it's escaping me now uh he is a character that we see in the intro of every episode so presumably we're going to see him come up later the second is a portrait of a young blonde woman uh who's wearing a like a blue formal dress with like the puffy sleeves you know like the napoleon dynamite i like your sleeves like those sleeves uh and uh and a shit ton of bows she's got like three giant bows going down her front Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm Uh, and these pictures aren't at all remarked on. We just get them in kind of an opening shot. And then uh, we cut to at the dinner. Uh, the duelists are all sitting down. Well, the duelists and the, the peanut gallery. Duelists and friends. Yeah. Duelists and Duelists co. and friends. Uh, and uh, they're eating dinner, and Croquet is explaining, uh, all right, you know, here's the, here's the deal. We're going to do the semifinals. Uh, if you have uh, the two semifinals cards, you will need those. Uh, those who don't have them will be disqualified. And everyone goes, oh, oh, those cards that we talked about. Of course. 20 episodes ago. Those cards that we all have. <laughs> right. Uh, that we've been carrying with us this whole time. We were reminded that in the invitation that everyone got to Duelist Kingdom, well, that mostly everyone got to Duelist Kingdom, there were two cards. And it was, oh, I'm going to forget the name of them now. It was like the right hand of the king and the other hand and of the, the king? And the opposite hand of the king, because they, were, they aren't going to say the left hand of the king. Uh, and the... Is it the right hand of the king? I forget what exactly. You, you might look it up. It's it's the something hand of the king, uh, and then the opposite hand of, hand of the king. And he says, when you enter the, uh, the semifinals, if you win, the cards that you have uh, remaining will be uh, sort of what dictates the prize that you get. The opposite hand of the king, or the the right hand of the king, or maybe it's the generous hand of the king. Uh, what is it? <laughs> Sorry, I just looked up uh, Yu-Gi-Oh the night before, and the you, official... you could talk. You could talk into the mic too. The official Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I was gesturing with it. The official Yu-Gi-Oh.com uh, synopsis of the night before is: "Twas the night before the final battle, no! and many creatures are stirring." What? Yugi vows to overthrow Pegasus for the sake of his grandpa, which are in all caps. Of course. They're character names. They have to be in all caps. <laughs> uh, so he says, anyway, the the <laughs> if you have the the right hand of the king Not card. Not a stirring. Um, Not even Jesus the Christ. See, we were joking earlier. Okay. Behind the scenes here. We were joking earlier that 
once we figure out this whole online thing, we really need to plan our Christmas special because I really want to use that um that Yugi theme into Sandstorm by Derude uh, as an intro. Uh, and I I I feel dumb now because this could have been our Christmas special. Yeah, the night before. <laughs> Maybe we'll revisit this episode. We could. Um, Let's listen to two podcasts about the same Yu-Gi-Oh episode. <laughs> Compare notes. Uh, and okay, so okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get this right now. Started this sentence like four times. Uh, if you have the right hand of the king card uh, when you get through the semifinals uh, and the finals, you will get the three million dollar cash prize, and it's a card of like a hand outstretched over like a pile of gold. The other card, the opposite hand of the king, is a blank card. It's a it's a white, just all white picture. And uh, he says, if you have this card, you get the right to dual Pegasus. And uh, Joey's like, oh, what? I didn't know anything about those cards. Oh, right, because I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just kind of followed Yugi around. And Yugi's like, oh, yeah, I remember getting those. Like, oh, I wonder what those are for. And then Bandit Keith goes. Says it's glory of the king's hand. Glory of the king's hand. So I was completely off. Well, almost off. So the glory of the king's hand is the three million dollar cash prize, and then the one with all the money on it. And then the the opposite hand of the king is the other one, right? Uh, Or is it the king's opposite hand? However they phrase it, they don't say left is the thing. They say opposite. Uh, so anyway, so Yugi's like, oh, okay, I remember those. Uh, and then we cut to Bandit Keith, who's also at the dinner table with everybody, and he's thinking to himself, oh, I don't have those. It's literally the glory of the king's opposite hand. No, what? Yes. This is one of five cards given in the Invitation to Duelist Kingdom. Allows whoever's holding it to duel Pegasus. <sighs> the glory, glory of, of the, the king's, king's hand opposite hand. And glory of the king's opposite hand. So the king's got two glorious hands. Okay, Kids, cover your ears. I'm going to say something real quick. Glory of the King's Opposite Hand sounds like a Pornhub title. <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you going to do with that glorious hand? Oh, God. Um, well, what's he going to do with the glory of the opposite hand is the question. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll leave that up to our listeners' imagination. Uh, send in your fan fiction to youactivatemypodcast.gmail.com. Well, uh, <laughs> I was going to say don't, but I don't have the email. So please email Tyler and make him read I your I will fan read fiction. your fan fiction on this show. Ah, jeez. I no. genuinely will. Um, okay, so uh, Joey doesn't have the cards. Yugi has the cards. Bandit Keith, who... I thought this whole time got an invitation. He was like, of all the cards that I own and have collected in my time here, I haven't gotten those two. Which means a couple of things. Uh, A, it means that Bandit Keith wasn't invited and just like got onto the island, like stowed away like Joey and somehow didn't run into Joey and Tristan and Teo while he was doing so. Uh, And... It means that, uh, uh, you know, in all the ways that he's gotten his cards by literally, like, physically assaulting people and beating people up, none of those people had these cards on them. Which means that Joey is the dumbest person on Duelist Kingdom because of what happens later. Uh, So, uh, Croquet, like, 
finishes saying all this stuff about the two cards and the prize, and he goes, uh, now, to determine the pairings for the semifinals, uh, we have a surprise in your dinner. And everyone's been eating soup up until this point, and they look at the soup, and out of the soup pops a tiny little what looks like Pegasus's Millennium Eye. Little golden eyeballs somehow appear in everyone's soup. And they just like bubble up and like look at the people. And Croquet goes, okay, open your eyeballs. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, if I may digress please, momentarily. Please. Um, I mentioned earlier that this whole season of Yu-Gi-Oh! is basically just the plot to Pokemon the first movie. Correct. Wherein Pegasus is Mewtwo. He invites uh-huh. them all to his island right. to duel uh, for glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, these little eyeballs that they get are the the clone balls. They are. Look, here, I'm pulling up a picture of yeah, the clone a, balls right now. Listeners at home, do a, a Google search for Mewtwo clone ball, uh, and that is exactly what pops up out of the soup at this dinner in Pegasus Castle. Um, wow. Ex- like the... The little eyeballs in their soup are golden, but uh, clone balls are the Pokeballs that Mewtwo uses that are all, like, spooky and purple, and they look like eyeballs. It's nothing new under the sun, folks. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I'm really looking forward to the next Pokemon movie. Oh, uh, what's the next Pokemon movie? On. It's like the Pokemon the movie, The Power of Us, I think, um, and it looks really cute and good. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, so those pop up, and Croquet is just like... All right, everybody, uh, open up your eyeballs. Nothing uh, weird about this. Nothing weird about that. And they crack open the little eyeball nuts, um, and they open kind of like, kind of like, uh, like a walnut. Yeah, or like a prize that you get in like the center of some candy. They're they're gotcha pun capsules. They are. Uh, so they open up their gotcha little... pond. Oh God! They open up their little gotcha pons, and uh, there is a, a tiny scroll of paper, and he says, uh, on these scrolls is uh, a letter for each person. They're little golden snitches. <laughs> kind of. Uh, and uh, is it Yugi is A, uh, Mai is B, yep. Bandit Keith is C, and Joey is D. D. Or something along those lines. Anyway, uh, that's uh, roughly the... So- something like that. I remember Joey getting the... <laughs> <laughs> Are you say make? Are you dying laughing thinking about Joey getting the D? I'm so sorry. <sighs> no, but that's not the joke that I was going to make. I swear to God, I swear to God, that was not the joke I was going to make. The joke that I was making in my head when I watched that was Joey gets the slip of paper with the letter D on it, and he thinks to himself, "Well, I'm used to seeing that on my papers." Oh. Because he doesn't do very well in school. Now, okay. That was much more (laughs) innocuous. And then it wasn't until I tried to explain that joke that I heard the second one. (laughs) I'm innocent, I swear. Um, So uh, then Croquet says, uh, well, okay, now we're going to determine our pairings uh, by randomly pairing up the numbers. Let the let me the he says the computer the island computer mm-hmm. is going the super to, powerful island computer that we've seen in action. The super powerful island computer is going to determine using all kinds of crazy math and uh, right. logarithms what the and, pairing is going to be, and, and like a projector screen slides <laughs> yep. down behind That's him. My favorite part. <laughs> and, a, and a little like 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 a, a brackets chart starts drawing itself on the screen, and it looks really fancy, but then. You, you tell it. <laughs> These are the pairings. Are you ready? Are you ready, kids? The pairings are A versus B and C versus D. A 
B, C, D. That's the combination on my luggage. <laughs> uh yeah, so I'm really glad that they put the uh, the island computer to uh, to use in its fullest capacity. I'm glad that they, uh, you know, really put in the man hours for that. That uh, that took a lot of work, I'm sure. <laughs> Pegasus's greatest accomplishment is pairing A plus <laughs> A B C and D. Uh, I mean, in and, a bracket. And you know, who knows? When you've only got four letters, there's only so many ways you can arrange them. It could be that. If Pegasus were to just choose, he would have put like Yugi against Joey and Bandit Keith versus Mai or, you know, whatever. So it might have been different. Uh, he also didn't know where the people were going to be sitting. So he didn't know what letters they would have. Who knows? Who knows? But also, it's ABCD. Uh, so everyone kind of goes like, oh, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, and, and Joey's like, well, wait a second. Who's got C? And uh, Bandit Keith is like, it's me, chump. And like storms off or whatever. And Croquet goes, okay, well, the duels start tomorrow. So everybody gets some rest. (laughs) Uh, And they go back to like eating and Joey slurps down the rest of the soup, which Taya comments on later. Um, They all kind of get done uh, with eating their, what 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 kind of soup do you think it was? I don't know. It was like yellow. Yeah. It looked like... um, like cream of squash, probably. Like There's a, a lot uh, of butternut squash soup is what I meant. Sorry. Whatever it w- would be, it would be like super fancy because you know it's Pegasus's right. castle. I and that's not what I expected. Like to to greet your top four duelists and their friends uh, who have been out in the wilderness for days. Soup really wasn't what I was expecting. Well, they've got a whole spread on the table because they pan over it at the beginning. Oh, that's right. That's right. And Joey is eating some. Okay. Yeah. And that's right. I forgot. There's a part at the beginning where I'm pretty sure the voice actors just had free reign to do whatever <laughs> they want because it's just uh, munching and crunching sounds as Joey and Tristan gulp down all this food. And Joey is just like, ah, oh, seconds on the, the cheese. Oh, yeah. And some bread and whatever this slimy thing is, this like jelly thing. So you think that they just recorded that first? Yeah, and then because the that's what you had see. To come back over? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure they just showed the voice actors the animation of this them panning over this table, oh, and the voice sense. actors yeah. were like, "Oh, yeah. we don't know what all this food is. Uh, this jelly thing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder uh, if you go back and listen to the Japanese if they're more specific about that. Maybe there's a lot I wonder about in this episode. There's, there's a lot that's more specific in the Japanese. I think we're learning. Um, so uh, then we cut to uh, later on that night. Everyone has gone to their own private rooms, uh, and they have these nice big beds, and and you know everything's very fancy. These giant windows, and uh, let's see. So wh- who all's doing what? Um, Mai. Mm-hmm. I want to point out. Yes. Mai is the only competent person here. True. Because instead of getting up to wacky hijinks or immediately falling asleep, right? She is actually like building her deck. Yeah. She is like planning strategies. And she knows she's going to be who she's going up against. And she's like planning for it and uh, just like reshuffling her deck to be as good as possible against Yugi yeah, in the that, next tournament. That part I felt really good about, actually, because so much of Yu-Gi-Oh! up to this point has been like, well, my deck is going to beat yours because I believe in it more or like I have more friends than you. Uh, and for my, she's finally putting in like or not finally putting in, but finally showing us that she puts in. Uh, effort to like 
strategize and think about what cards she's going to use and what combos and and you know what has yugi seen or hasn't seen uh and she says even like because he's seen me duel twice now like he knows my deck almost as well as i do so i really have to up my game here yeah and this is how cards get new strategies right i think she's probably the smartest person on the whole island besides pegasus and just in terms of like dueling and even just in terms of like common sense probably smarter than pegasus if we're being honest. Yeah, she is the one who actually brought camping supplies right. to this wilderness island. And Pegasus gets up to some shenanigans in this episode that we'll get to later. But so everyone else, uh, Joey's asleep. He's dreaming of food. Uh, he's, I guess, having some sort of like restaurant fantasy dream where he's just telling them like, oh, no, no, no. I remember what it is. He he says, uh, oh, yeah, some Bavarian cream would really hit the spot right now. Oh, and then some sprinkles. Oh, and then this, and then this, and then that. And then giant donut, <laughs> which, to be fair, is many of my dreams. Yeah, Joey is the loudest sleeper I've ever seen in a, a medium, just at least any piece of media, because he's just, like, monologuing the whole time about what he's seeing. Yeah, the most comprehensive sleep talker that I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> being very thorough about it, just describing his food visions. I it makes me wonder, like visions of sugar plums are dancing in his head. <laughs> it's the night before Duelmas. <laughs> Duelmas, bringing it all back around. Um, it makes me wonder, like maybe that's Joey's actual talent. Like in his subconscious, he's actually like a brilliant chef or baker. Um, and what they need to do is put a tape recorder next to him at night and record all the things that he says and he'll like write the most amazing recipes. Yeah. Maybe he is just like a genius savant when it comes to food and his talents are being wasted. Right. And he, he just doesn't realize it because it's in, in his conscious, all he knows is, oh, well, everyone thinks I'm the lovable goofball, but his subconscious is like Mario Batali. It's a me. (laughs) Um... So, uh, Yugi is, uh... Joey's the next guy, Fieri. <laughs> no. Welcome to Flavortown. It's me, Joey. Uh, if you want to leave comments about how Joey is the next guy, Fieri, please go to our website. Welcome to Flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, Taya, uh, is, uh, sitting at the edge of her bed and she goes, you know, oh, finally, like, my first night in a long time uh with a real bed and i can't i can't sleep uh and uh it cuts to maybe because you're living in the house of uh a magic man who's been trapping your friends (laughs) who's been stealing your souls (laughs) who's been stealing souls and putting them in cards and you're falling asleep in his mansion that's a great point that's a really great point and there's a knock at the door to further solidify this point uh, and she goes to the door and she answers it. And who should be there but uh, St. Nicholas? Uh, no, it's uh, Tristan and Bakura. And she's... In his kerchief and Bakura in his cap. Oh, God. Had just settled, settled down for a long... Nope. Whenever no. the hell this, uh, the, uh, this takes place now. It's the nap. opposite of a nap. So <laughs> they uh, she asks them what's up. And Tristan goes, trouble. <laughs> Make it double. Uh, and... Tristan says, uh, Bakura and I, or no, Bakura says, Tristan thinks that Pegasus is cheating. And Tristan goes, yeah, I think that somehow he can see the other player's cards and that he's a big fat cheater. 
And we've very clearly established in the previous episode that yes, he is a big fat cheater. And I, I, I'm questioning my own memory now because I thought that it was Bakura who said that he had a Millennium Eye, but I think now it was Yugi. But Yugi still said it out loud in front of all of them, so they all know that yes, he has a Millennium Item, which are known for being magical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how much magic do you have to see before you stop like questioning the existence of magic or at least just accepting like it as a possibility right yeah. so tristan goes yeah it, it's got to be hidden cameras or something we want to go down to the dual arena and scope it out will you come with us and Taya's like yeah sure so they go off and do their thing and then we go to yugi's room yugi sound asleep until yugi very familiar voice uh it's grandpa it's me grandpa does he say that I'm pretty sure he. All right, no, Yugi says. Uh, oh, is Yugi that you, says Grandpa. grandpa? Yeah. And so he wakes up, and he and he hears Grandpa's sort of spirit voice calling to him. And Grandpa says, "I need to to see you. I need to talk to you." Um, and Yugi's like, "Well, where where are you?" And he starts following the voice out of the room and down the hall. Yugi, I'm getting farther away. And he chases him out of the hall, and on Come the get floor. Me, Yugi. Uh, of this, like, I guess, outdoor area now. Like a courtyard. Yeah, on the ground is a Duel Monsters card with Grandpa on it, and it's the card that he got trapped in. And uh, Notably not a VHS tape. Notably not a VHS tape. But he says, uh, beware Pegasus. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, and he says, uh, his dark power is growing, beware Pegasus, or he will destroy the world. And uh, and and Yugi's like, what? What are you talking about? And, and Grandpa, and there's a little bit of cutting back and forth here. So I want to get through all of what happens to Yugi first, and then we're going to go back to what happens to Taya. Yeah, it does uh, cut around between everything, even when it doesn't need to. These, yeah, these scenes intersparse in a way that is not necessary. <laughs> uh, because they keep they're... throwing um, Mai in there, and she's still just shuffling her deck and like oh, yeah. putting cards down. Assume this entire time that Mai is still being the most competent person in the room because that's true. Uh but she is just in her room shuffling cards. Uh so then uh 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 what happens? This is when things get weird. Things This do is get when weird. Yugi so, has his vision. So the card lifts up from the ground uh as as uh well no he picks it up first and looks at it i think and then it gets lifted out of his hand yeah and it sort of flies further down the corridor towards a set of three white columns almost Uh, like giant gleaming monoliths yeah that are set against a uh a, a dark background it looks very much like uh the shadow realm um and the the card sort of floats towards the uh the the center pillar and then Yugi realizes, oh, what's that on the other ones? There's Kaiba's card, and then Kaiba's ghostly voice says, Yugi, save me. Uh, and then there's Bakura's card. Or not Bakura's Mokuba. Card, Mokuba's card. Now you're doing it. <laughs> now I'm doing it. Uh, on the other, and he does in his little voice, Yugi, save me. And uh, Yugi's like, well, what's going on? And uh, Grandpa explains that Pegasus's power has grown uh, with the use of a single item, and what he wants you here for is to get your Millennium item. To which Yugi goes, you mean my puzzle? Yeah, 
your Millennium Puzzle. What? Do you have another Millennium item on you, Yuki? Like, have you been holding out? No. Yeah, your puzzle, bud. Uh, and Grandpa goes, you have to unlock the power within your Millennium Puzzle before you can defeat Pegasus. And Yuki's like, well, how do you do that? And Grandpa goes, I have no idea. <laughs> it's up to you. You're the one who unlocked it in the first place. Yeah. So uh, he he explains that like if Yugi doesn't defeat Pegasus, then the world's going to end pretty much. Uh, at the very least, their souls are going to get destroyed. And at that point, white flames uh, start appearing from the bottom of these columns and start rising up towards the cards uh, as Yugi's sort of standing there in, a, in, in amazement. It's very, it's a very much a uh, Moses in the burning bush scenario where he's just yes. transfixed, staring at this going down. That's absolutely it, and I think that's why I was having trouble kind of relating. Is I, there's there there wasn't really anything in my in my mind that compared to it, um, but yeah, the burning bush I think is really good. Um, and why did you send me this? What? Oh, I sent that to you like. Half an hour ago when Why I arrived. Why did you just now? <laughs> Jimmy sent me a gif of a 3D animated skeleton holding a Domino's pizza box knocking on a door. I was sent, I sent you that to let you know I was here. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm glad you made it. But you uh, you were already able to tell because Dusty was barking <laughs> at me. That was the other reason I was distracted. My phone kept going off. I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that kind of closes um, with... Yugi uh, waking up in his bed. In bed, was it all just a dream? And I, I love how predictable the line is too, because he goes, "Oh, it was all just a dream," or was it? Dun dun dun. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, back with Scooby and the gang, Taya, Tristan, and Bakura are sneaking around the duel arena. Yeah, their theory is. And Bakura goes along with this. I don't know why. I don't know why. Of all people. But their theory is that um, Pegasus has some kind of like hidden cameras or like mirrors or some kind of weird device that he's using to spy on people's hands when they're dueling him in his weird bottomless pit arena. Right, right. And so they're at the arena, like just feeling under the, the panels and just like digging around underneath where the, the duelists stand trying to find some kind of secret hidden technology. Yeah, and it's Taya, actually, who says, well, maybe he doesn't have cameras, because we're not finding anything. Maybe he's just really good at ca- guessing cards, like a psychic or something. And Tristan and Makura scoff at this, weirdly enough. Uh, and Tristan says, <laughs> I went to a psychic once. Uh, and he says that... Uh, what, what, did, what did he say? He said that... She- she said that he would have a girlfriend within six months, a and it's been girlfriend. a year, and, he, <laughs> and he's still single. So I guess uh, poor Miho-chan, uh, Miho-chan. From, from the original series broke up with him, I... or was written out of existence. <laughs> yeah, or just doesn't exist in this universe. Yeah. Either way. Um, so he goes, yeah, I don't buy the, the whole psychic bit, because that's my entire experience with psychics. Um, and... Uh, Bakura's like, yeah, you know, it, it could be something that we're just not seeing or something that gets brought in. Uh, and they're getting ready to give up when the moon, uh, well, the, the clouds part to reveal the moon, and the light of the moon shines in in a perfect tiny beam of light 
right onto Tristan's back. It's exactly like that scene in uh, Indiana Jones. Yes, it's exactly the scene in Indiana Jones. Uh, and uh, Taya's like, wait, don't move. Uh, and, and tells Tristan to, to stand there at the dueling arena and hold up uh, his hand like he's holding a card. And he does so, and the light hits where the card would be perfectly. And so they're like, well, how is moonlight getting in here? Windows, what are those? <laughs> uh, yeah, Bakura's like, how can moonlight be coming this far into the building? Who Some knows? along those lines. Who knows, but, Bakura? Uh, Windows, what are those? Tristan just climbs all the way up the wall. like he a does! good 40 feet, I'd say. <laughs> he Spider-Mans it. He Spider-Mans up the wall and peers out through this little... Uh, peephole in the wall and um across the way he sees another tower that the moon is kind of behind and conveniently enough wouldn't you know it the window on that tower's facing this way a little too convenient if you ask them so then taya figures well it'd be easy enough to have uh one of pegasus's henchmen in that tower with a giant telescope to peer through this tiny hole and then a radio radioing to pegasus and he's got a headset hidden in his hair yeah makes sense so they vow to go over to the uh the tower and inspect it look for telescopes Yep, and uh, they they wander around for a while. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, and uh, they don't really know where they're going, so Tristan gets them lost, and Taya calls them out on it. And they're in this hallway of, like, weaponry? Yeah, like medieval... uh, Like, shields and Suits of armor, and, like, one of those weird maces that has all the spikes, but it's like a a cricket bat or something. Yeah, there's, like, a, a, a whole bunch of swords... And Tristan, it's a castle. Tristan sees something. Yeah, it's a castle. So, of course, it's got just weaponry around, right? All castles have those. Uh, and Tristan spots something out of the corner of his eye. And I thought that it was going to be the swords that we just saw. But no, it is a... <laughs> what if we take the sword and kill Pegasus? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only non-medieval item on the wall. <laughs> it's a rope and a uh, grappling hook. Yeah, just like neatly coiled and hanging there. Just, you know, along with all the weaponry, just a grappling hook. Why not? Ladders, uh, who needs them? Who needs them? And, uh... <laughs> oh, do you think that's why it was there, the grappling hook, to get this, the, the tall stuff off the wall? Yeah. Or to, like, <laughs> Pegasus will, like, tell Croquet, Ah, oh, good sir, could you go out and clean the gutters? Uh, do we have any ladders, Pegasus, sir? No, you'll be using the grappling hook. <laughs> <laughs> be a very pegasus thing to do um the uh the grappling hook they take and i won't allow ladders in my castle but i do i did install gutters <laughs> uh that would be put in some aluminum siding next. that'd be an incredibly pegasus thing to do <laughs> because then he would be like but i spent all my money on the gutters so i can't afford anyone to hiring anyone to clean them and i can't afford a ladder sorry croquet <laughs> It's all you, bud. Um, and uh, so at this point, we cut back to the Yugi stuff that I covered earlier. Uh, and the next time we see uh, Taya and the boys, uh, they are up on top of the tower, sort of shimmying precariously along. Just straight up uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, okay. How tall do you think that tower was? Hundreds of feet. Hundreds of feet. Easily. And there's like a very narrow ledge that they're crawling around. 
and Taya like slips off because well, she's wearing like girly boots. Sure, you know, probably not much traction on them. Uh, but like, first off, a what is their upper arm strength like to climb a rope up several hundred feet? Absolutely incredible. Insane. And we never bring this up, except for the one time that Tristan tried to punch a rock. <laughs> uh, and uh, Yeah, they climb this tower and then like- And then we, they're not even winded. No. And there's this like throwaway line. It's focused on Taya, but we hear Bakura say, that's not the rope, Tristan. That's my leg. Oh, yeah. And Tristan's like, so well, weird. climb faster then. Well, no, that's not even that's not even this part. It's, is it not? No. So that happens directly after what you mentioned is they're they're sort of shimming along the ledge, and uh, Taya slips, but the the Bakura and Tristan grab her, and uh, she yells, and there are two guards below who do that classic like, "Huh? What? Someone there?" Uh, you know, you could almost see the little question mark pop up above their heads, uh, and they they catch her, and uh, she's like, "I can't believe." that this was your idea, Tristan, to enter the tower from the outside. And he goes, yep, too many guards inside. It's my plan the whole time. Uh, goons is the word they use Oh, that's a lot. right. That's right. Goons. It's a favorite. Uh, and he uh, sort of continues to shimmy. And then they use the grappling hook and rope a second time to get up to the window uh, on the other side of the tower. So uh, they, they're climbing up. And you're right. The shot was focused on Tristan or on Taya rather, but then you hear from above, uh, Bakura says, uh, Tristan, that's not the rope, that's my leg. And he goes, Well, climb faster then. Uh, and they all get into the window and it's dark. And there's uh, some curtains around and they're searching. It's draped uh, in like fabrics and um, like wall hangings. And there's and... like a there's like a four poster bed here, right? I don't think there was a bed. I think There's... it was just a whole bunch of fabric hanging from the ceiling. I thought there was something that, that Taya was searching under, but I could be wrong. I don't remember. Um, but they're, like, knocking on the floor, uh, you know, seeing if there's any, like, hidden compartments. And they go, well, there's nothing here. There's not even, like, a telescope. And Tristan goes, well, how can that be? Because as we all know, telescopes can't move. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody could possibly bring a telescope up here when they needed it and then take it back to somewhere when they don't. Um... That'd be ridiculous. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, so they, they kind of give up on searching, but they notice on one wall is a giant painting. And uh, they go, wow, this is a big painting. I can't quite make out what it is. Can somebody find a light switch? And at that point, the lights turn on. And Taya's like, uh, did, did you turn on the lights? And Bakura's like, no, did you? And uh, they turn around and they look at the painting. And it's the same woman that we saw at the beginning of the episode, this sort of young blonde woman in the, the very formal dress. And uh, Taya's like, well, who who could this be? Like, it has to be somebody really important to have this big of a painting, but we haven't seen her Maybe it's Pegasus' wife. Yeah, and they go, maybe it's Pegasus' wife. And at that point, nah. they hear, well, they hear footsteps. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think they get to the nah, but it's kind of like, the, there is the animated shot of both of them be like, well, eh, it's kind of far-fetched, Taya, I don't know. Uh, and they hear footsteps, and it's revealed that it's Pegasus walking in the room. And I forget exactly how he confronts them. Maybe they confront him first, where uh, he asks them to explain kind of what they're doing there. And Tristan goes, we're trying to figure out how you're cheating because you're using a telescope or something to see the other people's cards. 
And Pegasus goes, well, you're trespassing in my private sanctuary. And, and you accuse me of wrongdoing. <laughs> right. Mm. I was I was keeping you here as guests, but y'all, you know, chose to break the rules, I guess, and like spy on me and like break into my stuff. That that doesn't seem right. And he goes, So you couldn't find any evidence of cheating, but you did break in. So now you have to be punished. Uh and I forget does it say punished or it's... consequences? I think he says punished. Some word along those lines. Uh, I'm going to choose to say punish because I think that's just how Pegasus would roll. And he reveals his Millennium Eye. And now here's where things get weird. Things go off the rails at this point. because So the Millennium Eye shines and the whole room changes color. It's like purple now. And uh, Tristan, Bakura, and, and Taya are uh, engulfed by the floor, which was a stone floor, but is now... Purple this, goop. Yeah, this like a bubbling, purple, like uh, uh, like flubber-looking substance that just engulfs them, right? And they get sucked down into it. Uh, and they land in a hallway, this dark hallway, and it's got these Egyptian hieroglyphs on it, right? And... Uh, they're like, well, what's like, where are we? What what are we, what are we doing here? Uh, there's probably not a light switch here from the looks of it, but yeah. like, does anyone know where where we can go? And then they hear this chanting. I'm trying to look up what exactly these guys were saying. The chanting says, uh, "Shadow powers, no shadow magic, in this twilight hour. Take these souls, or accept these souls, and grant us power." Uh, and over and over and over, over and over again. and over again. It's, it's a bunch of like men's voices saying this. Men, am I right? Uh, and uh, it, uh, it, it the greater good. It re- oh oh what <laughs> from hot fuzz? Oh yeah, okay. I was like, I was like, Jimmy, are you are you revealing some points of view that we <laughs> don't share? Um, but yeah, from hot fuzz, you're right. It is very. It's a very hot fuzz scene. Uh, and uh, Tristan goes. Uh, we should go check it out. And Bakura goes, the best line. <laughs> Bakura goes, but why? <laughs> the one smart thing anyone's ever said. But what if we didn't? What if we didn't inspect this weird chanting? What if we didn't go down this creepy hallway towards a hole and room full of chanting men? Hi, my name's Bakura. I've just been sucked down a slime hole uh, and uh, landed in a weird Egyptian cavern where there's chanting. You may be thinking. Should I go and investigate this chanting? The answer may surprise you. The answer is no. Uh, but, you know, Bakura being the good sport that he is goes along with it. So they uh, they follow the chanting and they go down the hall and round a corner and they come across this room that is filled with men in robes uh, doing this chant over and over again. And in the middle of the room is that same painting as before uh sort of just like on like a a little like dais right there's like a little dais and maybe an even an altar kind of thing lit by flaming torches of course naturally uh it's a cult y'all it's it is this is 100 percent. you know some cults say they're not a cult this cult does everything but say it's not a cult it is a thousand percent it's a cult uh and the chanting uh, continues as two men in the middle uh, face each other from about 15 feet away in the center of this large room. 
and one of them waves his hand just sort of out in front of him, and a large stone tablet raises itself magically from the ground, uh, and then it floats there like two feet above the ground. And from their vantage point, Tristan can see on the the uh, the tablet on the on the side, uh, I guess the back side of the tablet, the side facing them, uh, is an illustration of Blue Eyes White Dragon. And he says as much, and nobody really thinks about it. And then the other guy does the same. He waves his hand uh, out in front of him, and a different tablet raises up in front of him. But we can't we can't see what's written on it. The the side facing us is blank. And uh, there the chanting sort of continues. And uh, do they say anything when this happens? I think they say like we're ready to duel or it's time to duel. They don't say it's time to duel. I don't do think they? so. They say something about duel. Uh, They're still just chanting. And they they wave their hands at each other, the two men, and the tablets spin around, revealing uh, the Blue-Eyes White Dragon and... Tablets, you say. Oh, what? Jimmy's showing me a picture of the Mew tablet from Pokemon, the first movie. It continues. It, it, it's so... It's exactly the same. Uh, and uh, the uh, the other tablet is... I don't, I don't know the monster. I think it's a different dragon monster. I um, didn't get to see what exactly it was. But anyway, I thought it was another blue eyes. But the the man with the blue eyes tablet, uh, the blue eyes white tablet, uh, which sounds like an iPad, um, says, uh, "I win," and reveals part of his face, showing the Millennium Eye, and uh, the uh, the other man or the other tablet uh, disintegrates, like it gets torn to pieces, and the stone flies everywhere, and the man also disintegrates. Yeah, he goes, oh, and then he is engulfed in this blue flame, mm-hmm. and, and he, he just kind like of a, vanishes. Yeah, he becomes like a writhing mass of blue energy, uh, and the the chanting uh, continues, but Taya uh, and Bakura see this and go, oh, and then the chanting stops. And uh, the the men sort of swarm. They almost like float in yeah, towards as the doorway. One... Uh, as, as one mind, uh, they they swoop in and they confront the the three children. And which again, by the way, these are kids that yeah. we're dealing with here who just saw a man murdered. <laughs> uh, a man was essentially. Uh, burnt to death in front of their very eyes and reduced to nothing. And reduced to magical essence. Uh, and uh, the uh, the men, you know, sort of confront them, and the crowd parts, and it it reveals again this uh, this man who just won the duel, and he pulls back his hood to reveal that the Millennium Eye is in fact Pegasus. Wow, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? And Pegasus says, uh, "You know, what does he say? He's like, I'm gonna. He basically tells them, I'm gonna take your souls." Uh, in exchange for magical power. That's how I get my magical power. <laughs> Souls, who knew? Yeah, with the these uh, duels, essentially, mm-hmm. they're gaining souls to keep these, these with, I think the phrase is dual rituals. That sounds right. That he, that he says, with these dual rituals, uh, they're sacrificing souls to gain uh, power for his Millennium Eye. Right, exactly. Uh, so, uh, and then he, he turns to Bakura and he says, Bakura, 
your soul will more than improve my my magical energy because I will also get the power of your Millennium Ring. At this point, his Millennium Eye sort of flashes, and it, there's a really cool effect of like streams of yellow light coming out of the eye. Yeah, and, just rotating around them in a cone. Yeah, and he and he goes, "Wait, what's this?" And the Millennium Ring, uh, which has been hidden this whole time, under Bakura's shirt. Well, presumably or... under the shirt, but the shot shows that it uh, sort of reveals itself. It like draws itself out of nothing, and this it materializes light. around him. Yeah, and that that I thought was really cool, uh, and it glows as well. And uh, Bakura, his face changes and his voice gets lower, and you recognize Bad Kura from a few episodes ago, and uh, or Yami Bakura, as uh, as the subtitles tell me. Uh, but Bad Kura says, uh, "Ah, yes, you should be able to see me now." Uh, and Pegasus goes, "I'm I'm sensing a, a a dark spirit in the in the Millennium Ring." And uh, how can this be? And Bad Kura goes, "Yes, I have allowed you to sense me." But none of you will remember this. And uh, the same swirling light comes out of the Millennium Ring. And he goes, mind erase. And the the two sort of conflicting uh, swirls of yellow light uh, clash together and combine. And there's honestly, this scene is just like Mewtwo versus Mew. <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. And then nobody remembered what happened. Just like the end of Pokemon, the first movie. Oh, okay. So at the end of Pokemon, the first movie, uh, Bakura wakes up in bed, or Tristan wakes up in bed, uh, and this is literally just a smash cut to Tristan waking up in bed, going, "Man, I have a, I have a horrible headache. What happened?" And then Teo waking up in bed, going, "What a horrible nightmare." Uh, but but it, it, it all been felt having so a lot of real. weird dreams. Yeah, so many weird dreams lately. Uh, and uh, Joey's still asleep, I think. Oh yeah. Joey's totally asleep. Uh, and then you see uh, Bakura at the foot of his bed uh, sort of like cackling to himself yeah. almost. He's just like hunched and malevolent. And he's like, all right, you know, Pegasus, you've seen me, but it's it's me who's going to be getting your Millennium Eye. Mwahahahaha. <laughs> uh, and does sort of an evil laugh. Uh, and Bendit Keith steals uh, Joey's card. That, that's what I was to say. Yeah, so, so we come back to Joey still asleep. Bandit Keith just like strolls into his room, walks up to his jacket, his coat pocket. You remember earlier when I said that this means that everyone on Duelist Kingdom is smarter than Joey? Yep. He keeps this card. This card still baffles me. This card that everyone got who was supposed to be there, but Mm -hmm. somehow none of them gave it up to Bandit Keith even after he physically knocked them unconscious and presumably searched all their things. He just keeps it in his coat pocket. And it's like the first pocket that Bandit Keith checks. He's like, oh, yeah, here it is. All right, cool. And uh, he hears uh, Joey saying, hey, don't touch that. <laughs> and he looks over like, ah. And Joey rolls over in bed and says, that's my pizza. <laughs> wham, wham, one one wham. of my favorite lines. Uh, and uh, again, again, Joey asleep is better than Joey awake. Uh, and uh, Bandit Keith is like, well, you snooze, you lose. And uh, waltzes off with the card. Uh, and that's it. And that's it. it. Yeah. So, like I said, we kind of cut back and forth a lot between Yugi and uh, Taya and Tristan and Bakura doing their stuff. But really what happens is everyone kind of wakes up at the same time going, oh, wow, what a horrible dream. 
Uh, and but, but it couldn't be real, or could it? Uh, and that's that's the end of the episode. Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? Man, there is so much to like about this episode. Uh, I was really a fan of how Pegasus is a cult leader. Absolutely. R- running these dual uh, rituals in the caverns beneath his castle. It fits, right? Yeah, it's that's so Pegasus. That's so Pegasus. But my favorite part of this episode was in the dungeons when uh, Bakura asks why. <laughs> <laughs> Why should we go investigate this chanting? Yeah. Thank you, Bakura. Thank you for being the That's voice of reason. That's very sensible. Every episode needs a voice of reason, and I'm glad when it's Bakura. What was your favorite part of this episode? I'm trying to think. I think my favorite part of this episode is... Uh... Man. I th- Okay. I think... Because I, I have a couple things that I really enjoyed about this episode... Uh, like Bakura being one of them and the return of bad Kura, right, is, mm-hmm. is, is great. I think my favorite thing about this episode is that, again, we get to see that Mai is the only smart person. <laughs> uh, and the idea that the next morning everyone will wake up, maybe, except for Joey maybe, uh, like as though they had a horrible hangover. Uh, you know, no one's getting a good night's sleep tonight except Joey. Uh, and Mai, because... She knows, hey, I need to work hard and I need to I need to prepare properly and that's how I'm going to win. Work hard, play hard. Yeah. And notice notably um at the end of the episode it's revealed that she's been working on her deck like literally the entire night. She that's pulled true. an all-nighter prepping for this duel so with you. So maybe Yugi. she won't be well rested, but yeah. she'll be well prepared. Yeah. So I yeah, I really enjoyed that. That that I think was my favorite part. Good job, Mai. Yeah. All right. Least favorite? Oh, God. Oh, do I do least favorite first this time? Um, Least favorite. I can go first if you want. If you have a least favorite, go for it. I do. Uh, My least favorite part was uh, Taya and Tristan and uh, Bakura investigating the, like, secret mirrors or whatever they thought and the the telescope, which is, is just dumb. Come on, guys. You accept magic you have seen magic in use you have seen grandpa's soul trapped uh using magic you have seen all kinds of crazy shit and your thought is oh pegasus is cheating he must have a telescope like on this tower pointed through a three inch wide hole uh in the wall through which they can see cards if they stand at just the right angle no come on yeah just Except that there's magic. Come on, don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's so frustrating, especially when like Bakura, and maybe it's just been, maybe it's been bad Kura the whole time, just playing dumb. But like Bakura Possibly. has a magical item that they all know is a magical item. And it's hanging around it, his neck. They've it, seen it do magic. They've seen it do magic. They've seen it point towards other magical items. One of which Pegasus has embedded in his fucking skull. <laughs> and they're like, mm, how is he cheating? Magic? Nah. There's got to be a more mundane reason. And I mean Occam's razor, but come on. It's the millennium Occam's razor. Yeah, exactly. In this case, Occam's razor points to magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's your least favorite? My least favorite. I, I've complained about this 
old chestnut already, but my least favorite is the idea that Bandit Keith doesn't have these two cards that are essential for being in the semifinals, even though, and he said it this way, through all the cards that I've bought and quote-unquote collected, I don't have these two cards. Millions of cards, he says. And we all know what he means by collected because we've seen him do it. We've seen him beat people up and take their star chips. So presumably he's also taking their cards, right? Yeah, like he won't be rifling through these people's pockets and be like, hmm, these people are have like a secret inside pocket where they're keeping their star chips and two cards I've never seen before. Should I take these cards? No. I'll just leave them here. I'll just leave them here. Yeah, that doesn't... It just doesn't ring true for Bandit Keith, and I... It's uh, it, kind of a cop-out to get him to steal from Joey. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Either Bandit Keith was just ignorant the whole time, or Joey is the dumbest person on Duelist Kingdom for keeping these cards on him. Uh, or, it, yeah, just bad writing. Who knows? Also, I want to point out what you uh, mentioned earlier. Um, the beginning of the episode clearly uh, reveals that Bandit Keith is his like legal name. His oh, that's first right. name is Bandit, last name Keith. <laughs> that's right. Because what is croquet? Uh, 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 there we go. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to say chalupa. <laughs> I talked about earlier. Uh, croquet lists them all by name, by full name. And he says, Joey Wheeler, you know, my Valentine, Yugi Moto, and Bandit Keith. So that means... Who names their kid Bandit? Because, because That's croquet, a dog's name. Croquet is formal enough to call somebody by their proper name, even yeah. if they have a nickname. And I mean, the poor guy's name is Croquet, but... that's Well, but still, all the more reason to call up people's like weird names, right? So... Bandit Keith is his legal name <laughs> on his driver's license. It says Keith, comma, Bandit. <laughs> like, no. His, what's your, what's the, let me see your passport. Ah, Bandit Keith. No wonder he grew yes, up to be such I'll a Yes, I'll let a man named a weirdo, Bandit right? into my country. So, like, I, I just, I just don't understand. Bandit Keith. Bandit Keith. Uh, so yeah, so that part's my least favorite. Anything else you want to talk about this episode? I realized I said it was going to be shorter, but we've been recording for over an hour now. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, when you mentioned that you wanted to do this podcast with me, I didn't say yes because I thought it would be good. No, Jimmy explicitly never agreed to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or, or because I thought it would make a good past, uh, podcast. It's probably not great for listening to, but... I did it because you're my friend and I wanted to spend time with you before Aww. you went to another country. And I hope this move does great things for you and I'm sure it will be good and fun. Aww, but... And I'll miss you. Oh, I'll miss you. We'll keep doing this though. Yeah. We'll make this work. Uh, and... I'll also miss Pepper who's asleep in my lap, but that's, you that's I can just truth. text anytime. That's true. I can't text Pepper. You can, you can text good Pepper. Boy. You can text Pepper via me. That'll, that'll work. <laughs> good boy, Pepper. All right. Well, without further ado... It's time to end the episode. Jimmy, as we end every episode, we're going to end this with the card of the week. I'm so excited to see what the random generator comes up with this time. This week's card of the week generated randomly by my list of every possible Yu-Gi-Oh card is the beginning. You heard me. Wow. The beginning. Of what? Just, just 
the beginning. Uh, it, this is a, I'm assuming a spell card that says reveal three warrior type monsters from your deck, including at least one black luster soldier monster or Gaia, the fierce knight monster. Uh, your opponent randomly picks one. And if it's a black luster soldier monster or Gaia, the fierce knight monster, add it to your hand and you send the rest to your graveyard. Otherwise send all of them to the graveyard. You can only activate one, the beginning per turn, only one in the beginning. Uh, so I guess this is a way to like grab two cards that you might want and then a third random card and then your opponent picks randomly of the three and if they pick one of the two that you want you just get it uh-huh so yeah that's really interesting that's like a i think this would be a great like first turn move i think but maybe i don't know so I'm... what's what's the beginning look like uh that's the weird thing i can't find it <laughs> I searched Yu-Gi-Oh! at the beginning, and there's a bunch of different cards, like the beginning of the end, uh-huh. uh, beginning night, uh, uh-huh. black luster soldier, envoy of the beginning, but I can't find the beginning. The beginning. The... Help me. Search like search like the beginning, like Gaia the Fierce Knight. Uh, yeah, the beginning of heaven and earth. Is that the same? I saw that one too, but it's not the beginning. Oh, let me read the text here. You keep you keep looking it up. Listeners at home, if you know what this card is actually named, uh don't do anything, I guess. Like, um do, 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 do. Cut it off in your maybe it, if you search the uh card uh text, it will bring it up. Yeah. Uh so let's see. Uh Yu-Gi-Oh card database uh english uh i think that i have the wrong deck or the wrong name rather oh yep here it is oh did it but i weirdly have to put in my age before it will show me <laughs> the thing 18 plus Yu-Gi-Oh cards that's weird i'm uh, i'm not going to search for that you know that exists Oh, okay. Yes. I had probably an old name, I think. Oh. Uh, it is called Beginning of Heaven and Earth. Oh. Uh, so what's it look like? So, well, that's a great question. It kind of looks, there's like a galaxy in the background, uh, and then in the middle oh, is shit. sort of a shining, like, dragon soldier type thing. It's got like a blue armor with spikes all around it. And uh, yeah. I can't tell if that's like in its hands or in its chest. Maybe is sort of like a Milky Way galaxy that's like it's got like the out. core of the galaxy, yeah. in its hands, and then the rest of the galaxy is swirling around it. Got the whole, whole world in his hands. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's the beginning of heaven and earth, uh, and it's like a it's like a a warrior god, I guess, uh, creating presumably heaven and earth. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh, I found it a, a high-res version someone made on DeviantArt, of course. Thank God for DeviantArt. Oh yeah, so there's like a little, there's like a little chibi anime person. Is in there. there a kid? I can't oh, tell. It looks like a child. But uh, they've got like this gold and blue, which is a cool color scheme armor on, with all these weird spikes coming out of it. Yeah. Huh. Huh. It's like. Oh, it's if, got red eyes on the armor. Yeah, like the helm of the armor comes yeah. down. It's got glowing red eyes and a gemstone. Uh, the armor itself kind of looks like if you made a mecha uh, Venus flytrap 
and oh, like one of the Venus flytraps yeah. comes out. It's got just like a bunch of spikes. Right. Yeah, it does. It does have that kind of look to it because all the spikes are pointing outwards a little bit too. Huh. Rad. Well, there we go. So the beginning of Heaven and Earth is our card of the week. Uh, and uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so uh, on Twitter and Instagram at YAMPOD. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Stands for You Activated My Podcast. Uh, and uh, you can email <laughs> us at uh, youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Send me your fan fiction. Uh, YAMPOD, can... the YAM Enthusiast Podcast. <laughs> uh, you joke, but that's why we have YAMPOD and not YAM Podcast. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what else? You can go to our website. Uh, it's tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. You can find us on iTunes, uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. Please, 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 if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes that helps people, uh, find us. Uh, we don't really advertise this show at all. So the listeners that we do have, uh, we have because, uh, People tell other people about it, so we're all word of mouth here. So if you like the show, tell a friend uh, and uh, and help us out on iTunes. Anything yep. else, Jimmy? Uh, nope. Okay. Well, until next time, shadow magic in this twilight hour. Accept these souls and to grant give us, us power. power. Shadow magic in this twilight hour. hour. Give Accept us these souls. souls. To give us power. <laughs> <laughs> I screwed it up. I, Until next time. That's why I can't Bye. be in a cult. I'd forget how to chant.